y'all. It's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. And this is lesson eight, week eight of the series Known. That's what we are calling this. And it's a look at Psalm 139. So we're going to finish up today. And much to my disappointment, because I've enjoyed this time in this wonderfully rich word in Psalm 139. But nonetheless, here we are, and I'd like to finish us up strong today. And so let's dive right in to our discussion questions that we had from last week. I'll just read back over them, and I will give you any thoughts that I have on it. Last week, we talked about how David takes this sharp left turn, this sharp transition for the all the first 18 verses he's been going over all the good things about God, how God knows us and how he never leaves us and all of these different things. He knows our beginnings and our comings and our goings. And and then he takes this turn where he talks about almost calling God to revenge over those who do evil. With this in mind, we ended up with three questions that I'd like to go back over. Number one, is there some evil or dark practice that I have been flirting with that I need to kick to the curb? I think that's a good question that we can ask ourselves. Something that doesn't even seem all that dark and doesn't even seem all that evil, but yet we have let it come a little bit closer than it should. Is that something that we need to take out of our lives? Number two, is there a neutral mindset or ideology that I need to evaluate and make a decision on what I believe based on the truth of Scripture. So maybe something could be a social social issue, a humanitarian issue. It could just be looking the other way, something you just don't even want to deal with. That's being neutral. But yet, does Scripture call us to be neutral? A lot of times, like it says in the book of Revelation, Jesus calls that church and I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, but he said, you're neither hot nor cold, so I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. So the Bible always wants us to make a decision and to not stand in the middle of the road, not to not look the other way. So what is there anything that, that you need to evaluate? And then I asked us to look back at verses 11 and 12, and what is the antidote to darkness? And 11 and 12 says... Surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So the antidote to darkness is God's presence. So as we finish up today, as we look at the last two verses, I want us to go back and to read this entire psalm again. Just one last glance at it as a whole before we dive into the discussion on those last two verses. So, if you'll bear with me, I will begin to read. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, Behind and before, you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. 
too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God! Away from me, you bloodthirsty men! They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David has just done a laundry list of all that God knows about humanity, the world, and all that is in it. After all this reflection on the all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere-present God, David's only and appropriate response is prayer. Humbling himself in light of what he knows of God, he asks God for four requests, four actions, search, examine, test, and know. Let's read verses 23 and 24 again. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. David begins his prayer here the same way he began the psalm. In verse 1, he says, O Lord, you have searched me. Here in verse 23, he says, Search me, O God. David recognizes that this is a task of God Almighty to search, to explore, to dig until he finds what he needs to find. The second request David has is for God to know his heart. This is our word yada. We have studied the entire series. Yada being intimate knowledge. Of what? His heart, the controlled center of his very life the seat of all his desires, thoughts, and attitudes. What else is David asking God to do? Because God is all-seeing and all-knowing and trustworthy, David asks God to test him, to try him, to examine and scrutinize, to refine him as a metal is refined in a fire to burn away impurities. Lastly, David asks God to know 
yada, his anxious thoughts. These are doubts that are loud, vying for his attention. Competing with David's peaceful thoughts from the first 22 verses, working to drown them out and bring uneasiness in David's soul. David asked God to take control of those, to be Lord over them. Let's reword this verse with these definitions. David is asking God to examine intimately my heart, scrutinize and refine me, and intimately know those doubts that are loud. Job expresses the same desire and openness to God's examination. Job 31.6 says, Let God weigh me in honest scales, and he will know that I am blameless. Verse 24 says, See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. David continues by expounding on his desire to have God to do the exploration of his heart. Offensive way here means grievous or hurtful idolatry and moral action, whether good or bad. I've got to be honest. This is a bold prayer. David is asking God to do exploratory heart surgery, and then when something harmful is found, take it out so that his heart can be healthy. David knows his own heart. He knows it is offensive to the all-holy, pure God. He also trusts in God's surgical ability. That takes a lot of faith to pray this prayer, to ask this of God? I have not had too many surgeries in my life. Actually, I've probably just had one, which was having my wisdom teeth removed. The surgery was not bad because, well, I was asleep, but it was quick. They went in, got the teeth out, stitched me up, I guess, and sent me to recovery to wake up. What was painful was after surgery and after the pain meds wore off. It was days of care I had to be given and probably a good week before I could really enjoy solid foods again. Why so hard? Because a part of me had been ripped out, and I had to get used to living without that part. Is this not the same when we, like David, have enough boldness to pray a prayer like this? But do we have enough faith and trust to go through the recovery? When we pray this prayer and God does all the digging into the deepest crevices of our hearts, and indeed finds an offensive way. By the way, offensive to whom? To God himself, all holy and all knowing. What do we do then? Will we have enough trust to have him lovingly and precisely rip out that offensive way? Will we have the faith to go through the healing and recovery process? Perhaps we begin by praying for grace before we pray this bold prayer. I don't know. David's prayer is a more superior prayer than the prayers I tend to pray. I fail in this area a lot. This prayer is a humble prayer that I am sure God is pleased with and honored to answer in order that his beloved, you and I, will walk in the way, his way, continuously and eternally. From everlasting to everlasting. Would you join me in praying this prayer now? Let's pray. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so 
Let's ask ourselves these three questions. Number one, am I bold enough to pray this prayer? I'm asking myself that, and I hope that you will too. Number two, do I have enough faith to go through the process? And number three, do I trust the all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere present God with my heart? Sadly, this is where we leave David in Psalm 139 with a call, a challenge to boldness, a call to greater faith, and greater trust. Almighty God, come and do what only you will, can, and know to do. We want to live as children, known fully and intimately by our loving Father. As we end this series on being known, I want to leave you with some scripture that expresses how what I'm feeling for you, my friends that are listening that have walked these eight weeks along with me. And I want to read these um, over you as a prayer as we end. This is coming out of Ephesians chapter 1, and it's going to be verses 15 through 19. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I leave you with that, my friends, that I pray that you would know him better and that you would know the hope of the glorious inheritance that's awaiting for you. As you go out this week, remember that you are known by a loving God who's created you, knew you from your very beginnings, and knows all that there is to know about you. And the cool thing is, is that he's not some far off God that we can't know. He wants to be known by you as well. So get to know him. Get to know his love for you, his plans and his purposes and his thoughts for you. Well, we say goodbye to Psalm 139. I'll meet you back here next week for a brand new series maybe, a brand new conversation about something. Pray for me as I prepare and I will see you then. Have a great week and God bless. For joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me, and I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, he arose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. 
And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with Him, will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be in charge? If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more Encouraging Gospel Center podcasts on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at kingdomrock.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.